a martial arts movie podcast. Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, Paul, 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 I don't come through. You know, baby. Fists of fail. Oh, man. So one, I guess one of the trappings of... Uh, of our format, the way that we we do things is that, yes, we we cover martial arts movies. That's that's our thing, right? That's our mo. Um, but one of the issues, I guess you could call it. I don't really think of an issue as an issue, but we mostly cover movies with that have decent or not decent choreography. The choreography being the main you know driving force behind the the movies that we pick. And Japan really doesn't do a lot of movies that fit that format, although they technically are martial arts movies. So here are a lot of movies <laughs> that are all like that. And we've watched a lot of movies. I'm exhausted. I've watched so many movies for the past two-ish months. Yeah, we've been... Uh, and, uh, yes, we have watched many, many uh, quote-unquote Japanese martial arts films. And... Uh, I I feel that the way that Japan does choreography, it just like it it just doesn't always fit what we're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been I've I've watched the uh, Roroni Kenshin movies. They have a trilogy, and those movies have really great choreography sprinkled throughout. But the thing is, especially with the second and the third movie, those like turn more into like war films or, or action films. Mm. And right. I've noticed that a lot in the samurai films. Like a lot of those movies like revolve around the war that was going on around in the time. Mm. So you can see moments of choreography, but then it feels like a struggle that you would find in like a World War II movie where you're not get, okay. you're, you know, you're not going in it for like cool John Woo action in a World War II film. You're like, no, this is dire. This is like you know, my buddies are dying around me. So oh, okay. you can't, it's like a different feeling. Like it, it's cool because the action is there, but how do you break down like like a war action film? Like it doesn't work for our format in the, if you think oh. about it like that. Right, war war fights, uh, brawls, like they all have that same problem that we probably would always have a trouble like audibly dissecting, mm-hmm. which is like, how do you hone in on a specific thing Unless the camera really does like hone in on one thing at a time, exactly. When there's so much shit happening, right. and that's not necessarily a bad thing because you know war is supposed to feel chaotic, brawls are supposed to feel chaotic, and it works when you have those sprinkled in. Yeah. But when the majority of the, of the fight feels like that, it just doesn't fit our format. And like right. Roni Kenshin Part Two, like that's an awesome action movie, but the the fights that are sprinkled in there, it's just like it's it, it would be i feel like we couldn't devote a full episode to that right right i would say though i would say you should watch the third movie cuz there is like third, two okay. awesome fights in that movie like they're long i don't think it fits our format so that's why i'm kind of bringing it up now right well i mean that's the whole point it, it, of like these these couple movies or a bunch of movies we've talked about a lot of we we watched a lot of these so you know like we we might as well bring them up right now yeah. and uh 
I, just for the record, uh, there are some movies that Zero has watched and some movies that I have watched. And I'll like, and you know, I, I did not watch the Rurouni Kenshin movies. I know they're based off an anime or manga or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, do, you, do I have to watch all three? I would say uh, you can pr- you can start with the second. You're the mm. they kind of reiterate what happened in the first movie. You you wouldn't be missing much. Okay, all right. Well, uh, Rurouni Kenshin, I guess, is another Chambara. I think that's the the genre that these are all referred to as. Right, uh, Chambara is I think analogous to like the samurai era, like samurai style of martial arts movies. Okay, and I guess they're not. I guess it's debatable if you can want to call some of them martial arts movies because like you can have a Chambara movie that doesn't have any action actually it could be just straight up drama. Um, well, you can have a Chambara movie that doesn't have any action and it just has big. Tits. But it has a One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. One Chambara. Yes. Yeah. What a segue. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 so it wasn't just this. Uh, I guess we could talk about the, the two movies that are so close to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we have One Chambara uh, and we have Big Tit Zombie. <laughs> On first glance, they are the same movie, but they are not. Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it is not. scantily clad woman with a samurai sword. Right, and right. That's it. Yep. That's like, that's dip, the dip, whole dip, dip, selling point. And we tried to watch One Chambara it was just uh, i mean you go into this film because you're like you're 10 years old and you're like oh this this girl's <laughs> in a bikini and she's got a sword this is so awesome right right yeah that, that that's basically it uh, like if you have if you have the the mentality that like oh you just want to see uh literally a porn star which i believe is in big to zombie yeah not on on chambara um doing you know fighting zombies and being kind of whimsical and, and funny at the same time i guess you can kind of get some enjoyment out of it uh we didn't finish it either movie yeah so we could be completely wrong these we might be missing out on amazing fight scenes but after i know the, we're missing out on tits yeah well definitely missing out on tits <laughs> but after the first 15 minutes or so we kind of had to tap out and we had to <laughs> make the safe assumption that it wasn't gonna fit our format. Right, right. I, I, I maybe I would maybe I'd check them out for the listeners at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not from martial arts standpoint, just just because they looked like they might be fun. But again, we had to give up because we had so many fucking movies to cover, or like try to find at least. Uh, actually, I should mention really quickly. I just added this to our list. Uh, the movie that I watched, uh, called Geisha of Death, that was on mm-hmm. Amazon. And this one features Maria Ozawa. Uh, Big Tit Zombie features Sora Aoi. Mm-hmm. I love how I just know these Japanese porn star names just like off the top of my head. But yeah, uh, <laughs> let's just steamroll over that information. Um, Geisha Death, I thought was a Japanese movie. Uh, and it kind of is. It's the weirdest thing. Um, uh, by the way, the movie's terrible. Don't, don't watch this one. I actually finished it. And... Um, I do not recommend it. Uh, the action is highly edited. It's extremely edited. Um, and Maria Ozawa is not really in the movie, unfortunately. Like, she kind of is, but not really. And, uh, like, even if the movie was good, technically, I don't even know if it technically counts as a Japanese movie because I found out after the fact that it's a Filipino movie where everyone speaks Japanese for some reason. Are all the actors Filipino? I don't know. But like everyone, but I, I'm not, I don't obviously don't speak Japanese because I'm, I don't speak Japanese. 
Um, but I could even I could tell that their Japanese was awful. <laughs> Like everyone spoke with an accent and I'm like why does this have to be that a japanese movie so weird okay yeah interesting so it's, it was a filipino production mm-hmm. with japanese actors and then yes. a japanese uh, av star interesting yes, basically okay. i think maybe they switched it to japanese because they were like oh we have a japanese porn star here okay. hey that's <laughs> so there i'm guessing there is no oh you mentioned the not highly edited fights right right yeah, so I, I don't recommend that front. Uh, in case you guys are... Yeah, because, you know, Big Tit Zombie reminded me of that. You know Big Tit Zombie also reminds me of? What's that? Shallon Grandma. <laughs> which neither one of us of us, of us have watched. But yeah. you found the, the well, poster I, of it. Yeah, I found the poster. And, like, that DVD does not exist anywhere. Like, like no one wants to sell it to us. So. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, so I'm going to slowly, slowly make our way back into the serious territory. Sure, sure. Because uh, we were talking about Chambara movies, and we, we talked about only Chambara. Uh, one movie I really loved, uh, and I actually mentioned to you, Zero, that you should actually just watch on your, your, your free time. So mm-hmm. I'm not a big... I haven't seen all the Zatoichi movies. And if you don't know who Zatoichi is, he is the blind swordsman, uh, and he's had a ton of movies. Actually, aren't you, weren't you watching the... The Lone Club, uh, Cub movies. Lone Wolf and Cub, yeah. Lone I'm watching, Club, I'm watching yeah. those right now. Yeah, right. So those, uh, I mean, like it's essentially the same kind of like idea, which is like here's a whole series anthologies of movies. Uh, you don't even have to really watch them in series in sequence. You can just pick them up if you want. And they're all like, from what I can tell, like they're all entertaining films. But the one that I, the one of the couple that I've seen that I really liked is Zatoichi versus the One on Swordsman. Um, the movie is actually a lot of like very entertaining. Uh, the action is surprisingly good, um, but it's not choreo- It's not choreography in the sense that like we can break down. Oh, look, he did a he did a, a snap kick and did that, or like he did this like crazy incredible sequence of uh, swipes. It, this is what you expect from a movie of that era in the 60s where, you know, like um, we have a static camera. The, the camera staying completely, uh, either staying completely still or just panning left and right. And you see uh, Zatoichi just he, he's taking on everyone at a time. Like he maybe like do like three things, like three movements at a time, blocking everyone uh, with those three movements, killing everyone in those three movements, waiting. And it, it basically like a, it, it's like the originator the- of all. I was going to say, is it the um, like the samurai stereotype where I slice everybody, I sheathe my blade, and then they all fall down? Is it um, kind of like that? No, no, it, it's not that. I feel like uh, modern, more modern movies uh, or like more recent movies adopt that trait. This one, it feels a little bit more tactical. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, uh, and you'll, you might appreciate the Zero, which is like he's... He'll be uh, Zatoichi will be surrounded by a bunch of dudes, mm-hmm. and he will you know he'll do his swipes. He'll kill kill three people at a time, but then he'll he won't shoot the sword right away. He'll you know like those people as those assailants are you know dying and they they fall to the ground. He is basically surveying his environment, but obviously he can't see, so he's just like using his 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 peripheral or whatever senses he can to like like in the, in, the, in the language of visual storytelling like you can tell that like he's he's always keen of his surroundings and it, you can definitely tell that when you actually watch the the fight scenes themselves um again they're not elaborate elaborate choreography but i actually found the the fight scenes actually very enjoyable for that 
for that reason. It's like it's simple, but it's it's well done and it's still very cinematic because of the way that you know it's shot. Like you, and I don't think the actor who played the original Zatoichi was actually a, a martial artist. Um, but yeah, he he did a fucking fantastic job. But we shall. But uh, we should mention that this is a co-production between the the quote unquote legendary Zatoichi and the One Armed Swordsman, which is also another legendary figure. This is a co-production between um, Ko- Toei mm-hmm. and um, and Shaw Brothers. So we have oh, a Chinese. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, that, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah, the One Armed Swordsman is uh, is another mythic character. This is basically the. This is basically Godzilla meets King Kong, but <laughs> the Jap- the Japanese and Chinese version of right, right. Um, so it's funny. Uh, the reason why I recommend this movie isn't just because it, the story is very simple, um, and I actually don't want to get to get too deep with it. The reason to watch it is the dynamic between and the difference between Zatoichi and the One Armed Swordsman. They're very friendly, but they can't speak each other's language. And that's one thing that really drives me insane with more modern movies or any movie where people are speaking different languages. There's no translator in the room, but they oh, understand each other. They completely. automatically understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they here... can read the subtitles that are, you know, <laughs> appearing underneath them on the screen. That's that's why. Yep. Well, here it's actually great because the these characters, they don't speak the same language. It actually becomes a pivotal role in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, and actually it causes, uh, it gr- creates good moments for uh, character development and comedy uh, you know it's like he'll say like shia shia and then he'll be like oh shasha shasha means water in japanese or something like that and then he'll be like you want water and he's like <laughs> no no that's not at all what i'm saying uh yeah like the little moments like that and like those those scenes have a lot of levity to them and actually again like the the language barrier becomes a part of the the story there's a lot of depth to this movie i actually like this movie a lot and it and the differences between their martial styles is actually very evident too. Uh, Zatoichi, being a samurai, a couple swipes kills everybody, right? The one-armed swordsman is a Shaw Brothers character, <laughs> so he'll do flips. He will jump uh, fifty feet in the air. See, so his martial arts scenes are completely different too. Right, right. Um, and I, I know I spent too much time talking about this. I was gonna say it sounds like maybe we could have given this its own episode, but I, no, there's no, there, there, I can't because the 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 fight scenes themselves aren't really worth discussing mm-hmm. um and i actually just kind of want to wrap it on the wrap it up here saying the final fight is interesting and there's a piece of trivia that said out there saying that uh, this film was has two versions mm-hmm. one version being uh where zatoichi wins and mm-hmm. another one where the one-armed swordsman wins oh because the, of the co-production right yes yes uh but the one-armed swordsman version doesn't exist anymore it's lost to the ages really yeah ah, yeah but no people swear by it uh people swear by it that they watched the one-armed swordsman version but now we can't find it anywhere Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, so that's Zatoichi and the One-Armed Swordsman. Uh, I, I gushed about it enough. Uh, now we can talk about a real masterpiece, Shogun's Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I, I enjoy Shogun's Ninja. That was really fun. Yeah. Wh- which one was Shogun's Ninja? I'm already forgetting. Uh, that was Sony Chiba. It had um, uh, Sonata. Uh, I try to remember. His, what's his full name again? I always forget his Shogun's name. Ninja. Okay, well, uh, we got watch a couple of movies uh, featuring him. Um, so we watched Roar, Roaring Fire and mm-hmm. Shogun's Ninja. 
and this E features Hiroyuki Sonata. Sorry. No, yeah. Good thing I, yeah. I typed fast. Um, yeah. Uh, Roaring Fire, I don't remember all too much about. I just remember tits <laughs> uh, by a pool and a crazy helicopter explosion at the end yeah that, that about sums it up there's i like some of the ninja stuff going on in that movie where the ninjas are like chasing him down a building and they're all rappelling down the building after him you know some mm. some fun visuals and some fun stunt work but very very basic we realized that there wasn't really any fights that we could break down in that movie mm. and then yep shogun's ninja it felt like it was getting close it 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 kind of turned it kind of straddles that line of being like a war film uh yep. though like where at the end everybody's fighting it's not so much you have long bouts of choreography but every character is getting their own little moments to shine which which was right. fun i actually really like that but how do you know like I, I feel like we we just can't really break that stuff down right i actually don't think shogun's ninja had a lot of fighting in it like not so much like definitely not for our format like I, once if we watched enough fights we realized or at least i realized and like yeah this wouldn't fit at all but let's finish it and then we realized the last the last act is it just slows to a crawl like it was it was actually doing really well up to a certain point like i was entertained and then after a certain point, I was like, man, it's so slow all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I but just, I mean, but the last, I, I feel like the last 20 or 30 minutes, it does turn into like just a big brawl, like a big fight between, you know, good guys versus bad guys. They're doing all the acrobatic stuff in the woods, which I think yeah. was was kind of fun. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, that last fight with Sonny Chiba was extremely <laughs> underwhelming. Yeah, it was so short too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's sad. All right, so speaking of Sonichiba, mm -hmm. all right, so we did watch a couple movies with him, uh, one of them being uh, seven, The Seven Monks uh, or Master of Thunder. Uh, but I do want to talk about really quickly The Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. And I know, Zero, you couldn't finish it, so let's yeah. at least acknowledge <laughs> that right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, yeah, after, uh, I, I, I'm aware of the... Um, I guess, you know, it's a very famous Japanese film, The Street mm -hmm. Fighter. Sunny, I think, yes, and Sunny Chiba is like a, pretty much a household name in terms yep. of uh, martial arts and action. Mm -hmm. But upon watching it, I was just getting so frustrated with his character. He is supposed to be the good guy. No, he's not. Oh, he's not? <laughs> no, well, it's, he's deliberately an ass. Well, or the, a dick. Uh, at least when I was first watching it, it seemed like he was a good guy. He was like, almost like a private eye martial artist mm -hmm. and uh, he was he's just a misogynist asshole and i yeah. i well, could he's a rapist yeah i just could he, he not force himself on women yeah. right i just could not stand like watching him as the main character right. essentially so i kind of had to tap out of that one yeah i i completely understand it like it's it's definitely a big like trigger point because uh, he's it's like very explicit and like it is a legendary film, you know, yeah. like legendary, a prolific film. Sorry, I, I guess that's a better way to describe it. Like everyone knows of the Street Fighter, and we're not talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme's version. Um, and so much so that like people might even know about Sister Street Fighter, which I actually thought might have might have been a good candidate for this episode, uh, for an end episode. But yeah, I, I think the fights in the original Street Fighter are probably better. 
but yeah, it is very hard to sit through because of Sony Chiba's incredibly, incredibly like arrogant, not even arrogant, like just, yeah, like you said, like rapey, <laughs> like misogynistic and rapey, uh, you know, persona. He he forces himself on women. He he's batter, beats and batters them. The first fight featuring him uh, is him just def- like beating up a, a couple in in his apartment. Yeah, and he yeah. just he just beats the shit out of one of the women and like tosses the boyfriend out the window. And it doesn't feel deserved at all. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was getting really frustrated with it. And then once I started to see like how the film was writing women i was like i don't know if i feel comfortable about talking about this one yeah yeah. like i i Um, get i get you know it's historical for a reason but you know you know this is our show like if you know we don't have to talk about something if we don't want to yeah that's true um it is it is tough to sit through i will say the fights actually are pretty good um and it's so weird to say that because this is like 73 74 mm-hmm. i might be completely wrong on that but um this is i feel like sony chiba is, at, in his prime around this era was like another embodiment of what bruce lee's style of on-screen fighting was which is you know like similar to what you expect from a chambra style fight which is few flashy kicks and punches and the guy's out no elaborate choreography but um, here, I feel like Sony Chiba really uh, blends the two. There is some choreography in there, but it's it's more like what you expect from like Bruce Lee's style. Like, yes, he's delivering like the the, the heavy hits, but he's also incorporating a lot of the uh, the more flashy elements too. And that's I actually felt like it could have been a good candidate. Unfortunately, the movie's really hard to sit through because he's <laughs> such a dick. And yeah, like it's it's written in that, that he's supposed to be a dick. Like Sony Chiba even said, like I actually like playing the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like why is the main character yeah the bad that, guy? That's not something I think I want to sit through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will will tell you, I did watch, I did sit through all three of them, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the original Street Fighters, and he's less of a dick in the sequels. Mm-hmm. But the original best probably has the best fights. Right. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe zero. You should just watch the watch fight the watch that. the fights or just watch the sequels. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a maybe. So on the topic of classics, uh, there was a movie I discussed for our uh, year end episode from last, from 2020, the best year ever. <laughs> uh, Lady Snowblood. Right. That was that was such a good movie that I, I felt the need to talk about it i could have talked about it this episode um but i didn't know that we'd be doing this and we have such a hard time with Japanuary. Mm-hmm. um so when you told me that the princess blade uh was a remake or like a reimagining of that movie and it was action choreographed by donnie yen i was like oh this, this is fun. a shoe in right? I got all excited when I stumbled <laughs> upon this. I was like, oh my God, Donnie Yen is the action director. It's it's still based off of the, I think the comic, Lady mm-hmm. Snowblood. So I was like, oh man, all right. This is going to get its own freaking episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so bad I couldn't even finish it. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, yeah. This was a tough one to sit through. This was so boring. Oh yeah boring is a good way to describe it yeah yeah and so it's it's odd yes you can see the hong kong influence in the fights Mm -hmm. what the the big big issue though is our lead performer or lead actress the quote-unquote princess blade 
it's very evident she does not have like you know very long martial arts training or is an on-screen fighter Mm -hmm. they have to really really work around um the fact that she's that she can't do a lot of these moves they always have to film her from like the waist up or they have to do behind the back or even towards the end of the movie they just replace her with a stuntman and his hair doesn't even match her hair it's very jarring when they first did that i was like wait wait who is that fighter in the center oh wait that's supposed to be her yeah i, I couldn't i couldn't even get that far i i know you scrubbed through to the end to, to watch the fight scenes but man like that it's the problem isn't even with the the fights i mean in my opinion i thought the fights were fine they weren't they great were, but they, they were, were fine they were just okay yeah, definitely, definitely wouldn't have uh, fit in its own episode. But the problem with it is that it's just not only is it boring, <laughs> it's incredibly boring, but it's a re- reimagining and it's an inferior reimagining of an amazing movie. So much so that like it's so much inferior that I didn't even if you didn't tell me that it was based off of Lady Snowblood, I would not have known that. I was watching it. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with Lady Snowblood? And it's even more annoying because it's set in the post-apocalypse. And they feel the need to explain things. The rules of the universe. The rules of like what happens in this world. You know, but it, because it's set in apocalyptic, uh, post-apocalyptic uh, dystopia. But, you know, like, the, but it's also a reimagining of a classic 60s movie. And, like, why like why overcomplicating well, this? Well, I, I don't know if it's a reimagining of the movie. I, I thought it was a reimagining of the comic book. Oh. So, like, maybe Lady Snowblood changed things around differently. And then this movie changed things around differently. And they're just two separate things. Yeah, um, maybe. Don't don't watch this movie. Just go watch Lady Snowblood. <laughs> Lady Snowblood is so good. Um, yeah, and like, don't waste your time. I, I don't know. I, I stopped at the forty five minute mark. So I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that that's like basically all the classics I would mention. We did mention really briefly uh, Master of Thunder, aka the Seven Monks. Is that the alternative title? It's like Legend of Seven Monks, I think, is the title. Uh, yeah. That one's interesting, right? Because uh, it, it not only not only does it have um, Seiji Chiba, Chiba. Uh, so Sunny Chiba, well, freaking, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Seiji Chiba. Uh, mm-hmm. It has uh, the villain, uh, well, not the villain, the uncle, uh, the Japanese uncle from uh, Fist of Legend. Oh, uh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, when uh, they when Jet Li fights him blindfolded, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yasuaki Kurada. Um, who I've looked in the in, uh, his filmography. He's done a ton of Hong Kong movies. So, in our effort of looking for Japanese movies, you would think that if I just looked up his name and find what he's done, you'd you'd find something. He's like, nope, he did mostly Chinese movies. <laughs> so whatever. But you know, he they're both in this film, and uh, they have fight at the end, which is like I'm very thankful for because. <laughs> the the film itself you know like it, it drags on so heavily until that point because you're introduced to both characters immediately like you know that they're in the movie and you're just like begging for them to fight and they they'd have a fight at the end 
which is okay. Uh, you can tell that, well, I, uh, at least you and I speculated that it wasn't Sony Chiba actually doing the his own choreography because he was getting older at the time. But in the in the credits, in the post-credits scene, you can actually see that it's actually him. Yeah, uh, it was it. it was a little confusing because the way they shot it, it was always behind the back of Sonny Chiba's character, yeah. implying, okay, well, that's a stuntman. Yeah. And that's fine. We understand how old he is. But then in some of the behind the scenes during the credits, you see that he's doing the, doing a decent amount of fights. Yeah. Maybe maybe not everything. But I was just like, oh man, why didn't they just shoot shoot a profile right. so we could we can see him going at it? That would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's some supernatural elements to this though. Some? So. <laughs> <laughs> there are supernatural there elements. There are a to this lot though. of supernatural elements to this one. Um that kind of detracts from the fighting, though, because, uh, yeah, it's fine if you have supernatural elements in the movie, but from the final fight between these two martial artists, I'm like, oh, I kind of just want to end with, like, a, yeah. a bang. Well, the, the like, problem, too, is reality. Yeah. they keep on cutting back to what these other students are doing. They're having their own little fights or encounters, and it's not good, so... yeah. Yeah, we we decided not to cover this one as well. Yeah, there's a reason why I didn't talk about the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is like it's it's like it's just meandering, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. The, it's, it's it's fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very boring. The characters they don't have characters. They're basically non-characters. Uh, um, I would say that they're characters, but they're just the story is boring. They're not doing anything with it. It's yeah, it's just blah. It's, it's just it falls flat. <laughs> Zero, is this the worst training montage that you've ever seen in any movie? Because it's like, they, they try to set up a training montage. In the oh, movie, you're right, you're and right. And the training yeah. montage is so bad that you don't even know it's a training montage. Well, <laughs> yes, you're supposed to show progression. You start out bad, which they all do. Yep. And then they're supposed to be experts by the end, which they are not. They are still kind of horrible <laughs> at the end of this montage sequence. Yeah. That, that's basically it and then you know like uh like there's nothing else that's a standout in this movie so i just say just completely skip it yeah uh the final fight's okay kind of you know it's it's it was i was more anticipating it and excited for it going into it but once mm -hmm. i watched it, i'm like oh that's it uh, right i think we it. got excited too because the opening scene is uh really it's like a three three or four minute one take Mm -hmm. super mm. super sloppy yeah it's yeah, a, it's, yeah it's like this one kind of tank you know stuntman just beating up a whole bunch of martial artists yeah. in the woods right it doesn't work a lot but it's just kind of fun because he's literally like going up to people and just like beating the shit out of them yeah yeah that's uh actually that that's probably my fault then because i was like oh let's watch let's cover this movie because uh it has a it's like a four and a half minute one take in the beginning and then the rest of the movie just downhill from there oh yeah yeah hey since you mentioned one takes oh i yeah, see where this is yeah going. yeah well i thought that you were trying to uh bait me for this um mm -hmm. So besides Seiji Chiba movies and all of his uh, cavalcade of uh, uh, cast members that you know like are known for doing the movies that I guess are a little bit more in line with what we we would cover, there is another actor um, that would probably fit the bill of what like uh, our show is better suited for, Takasakaguchi. And Takasakaguchi was in a movie that came out last year. It was last year, I believe. Uh, last yeah, year. Last year. 
uh, called Crazy Samurai Musashi. In fact, we were we were like geared up to do a whole episode for this. Do you know what the plan was for this episode? Uh, <laughs> Zero and I were thinking that uh, Mark, who is not here with us today, would be watching it live as we're talking about it. And this would be a commentary episode. Um, and we were just aching for him to just go, what the fuck? When is it going to end? <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Crazy Samurai Musashi contains a 77-minute one-take action scene slash fight scene. Yep. It is really Takasakaguchi going around and killing, I think the poster says 400 men, but I think somebody did a count and it's actually a little more. Oh my God, someone actually sat through that and counted. (laughs) Yeah. And yes, it is an extremely impressive feat. The problem is, cinematically, it is very boring to watch. (laughs) There's no cuts. There's no cuts. There's no cuts. And you can you can kind of speculate that uh, there is there is choreography that they had to memorize because they do change locations every now and then. But I think to make things easier on memorizing 77 minutes of choreography, they did a lot of improvisation. Yep. So uh, Takasakaguchi probably worked out, with, and this is just me speculating, he probably worked out his, with his stuntmen like, okay, you're going to come in. Uh, if you come in overhead, I'm going to go to your stomach. If you come into your side, I'm going to go to your opposite yep. side. You know, they oh. probably worked out like, okay, if you if you attack me this way, I'm going to attack you that way so that they didn't have to always memorize everything. There, there was probably some improvisation yeah. going on as well. Right. And with the 77 minutes uh, one take, I mean, there's definitely going to be some hiccups. And you can actually see yes. it in the final product. You can actually see the shadows of the camera crew uh, as a film, I mean that's I, I'm I'm completely. That's that's confused. fine. That's fine. I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not nothing against it. Like it's still impressive. In fact, I think it's extremely impressive because there are moments where uh, the the fighters. I mean, the basically only like twenty people. <laughs> just, and then the rotation of people just keep on coming back to life every time Sakatakis right, right. kills them. They like they change wardrobes. No, they, they don't. They don't change location. wardrobe. They, they come back exactly the same. <laughs> I thought I thought they changed. I, I mean, I can't remember now. That movie is really hard to like really absorb yeah. everything. Well, one thing I do like about the film uh, that I appreciate is that uh, yes, it, the the choreography does eventually devolve into the simplest uh, parry left sl- slash parry right slash parry left slash and they repeat, mm-hmm. and then that's how we can kill twenty people in a row, um, quote unquote. But you know, every once in a while, you get like which is like every five minutes but by the way this is like non-stop like we said before uh he will do something a lot more elaborate he'll do like you know uh you know he'll, he'll put someone in a grapple hole like spin them around slash him and then like do like a he won't he they won't do anything like a flip or anything like that but he'll do more elaborate choreography and like oh did he improvise that or is that like integrated somewhere in there there's like you know like just throw it in whenever you want and like on top of that there was actually one moment where they try to integrate some character development or like sort of try to integrate other characters into the into the fight scene. Yeah, I mean, very cleverly so because he probably needed a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, and it's also woven into the the fight that Takasakaguchi's character has just checkpoints in the village. Yeah. So he has like mm-hmm. uh jugs, well, not jugs, but he has like 
shoots of uh, that, that contain shoots of bamboo that can are containing water for him to to guzzle down. That's not for the character. That's for Takasakiguchi to <laughs> right, replenish right. his energy. Um, and then he he's got to get a new sword because you know there's a high probability of that sword breaking during the fight. Right. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah. And there's also like mini bosses. Mm-hmm. There's many bosses that are do more complicated choreography that choreography that would complicate the matters for Tak and then the crew. So um yeah, it, it's it's just nuts because it, it just you just won't it's like relentless. After, yeah, it's 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 impressive in theory. Like once you've seen it once, you're like, wow, that's great. But it's really hard to sit there. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's a shame because like I I think if they if they even cut it in half like did a 30 minute fight scene and then maybe did a more a little more elaborate choreography or maybe change the locations like a little more like that even even that would have been impressive because at that point I think the longest one take fight scene is like uh, I I can't even remember in my mind it's still atomic blonde but they they cheated with that they they cleverly hit cuts but it still looks really good this is 77 minutes like they went too above and beyond like <laughs> like if 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 tom young goon was four minutes they should have been like all right well let's do 11 like, you know like, let's do 11 let's do 12 sure. you know yeah well they, yeah. i'm pretty sure they want to get into the guinness world record book and make sure that they stay there dude no one i can't imagine anybody wanting to to top this it's uh I I can't see the see the problem is like it got picked up for U.S. distribution, um, but it hasn't released yet mm-hmm. in the U.S. So it's like uh, anything I'm trying to find is based off of like uh, reviews that people like uh, have have uh, have written or just random stuff, and I think he broke ribs and fingers Ugh. during during the take that they right. used. I think you told me that. Didn't he like? Uh, he was he, he, because of exhaustion or like heat, like some sort of like heat stroke. Like, he, like his his hands were like like, like cramping or something like that. I, I, I vaguely. I mean, I'm sure sh- I'm sure at the end his 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 fingers might have been locked. Yeah, yeah. In like a, in a grip. Right. Yep. <laughs> Just from from holding from holding the man, sword. Man, it is tiring watching him fight. Imagine being. It's <laughs> just exhausting to sit through. But yeah um in a weird way i recommend that movie it's not the easiest movie to watch but i do recommend it because like yeah i i no, i definitely agree i think if you're an you're an action fan that's just like it, it's a sight to behold mm-hmm. although it's not really entertaining <laughs> yeah it, it's more like uh you you know you just acknowledge that it's it's uh, it, it for what it's worth but in the end you're like yeah don't don't be surprised when you end up you know finding yourself yawning every once in a while okay when's this gonna end and you're gonna be checking, like we, I think you and I had to check the the clock every once in a while. I'm like, okay, how long, how long does this keep going? And that was actually part of the experiment we were gonna do with Mark. Was like, okay, he's not allowed to check the clock, and you <laughs> have to watch this all one take. Yeah, we we weren't gonna tell him it was a 77 yep. minute one take. We were just gonna let him find out, yep. and we were just provide commentary i mean we could still potentially do that i don't know how successful oh no he doesn't check these episodes so it's all good he's he'll he'll be a guinea pig we can still talk about that movie well i'm saying like i don't know how successful the episode as a whole would be like if it could actually turn into something worth listening Uh, okay well that that was that was my fear 
how much can we commentate without just end up repeating the same thing over and over? We'll, and over we'll talk again. about current events. We'll uh, we'll think we'll talk <laughs> about politics or oh god. Uh, speaking of things that can hurt your eyes after watching it for a while, Ninja Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Zero, you and I, uh, we rented this on Amazon, and uh, man, like I, this movie needs to have some sort of like like seizure warning. Yes, it most definitely does. Like, like, but here's the thing: people joke about seizure warnings for movies a lot. I feel like a lot of people say, like, "Oh, this movie's so bright and whatever." Like, you need like uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you have epilepsy, you know, be careful. No, like le- legitimately, this movie can probably cause seizures seizures oh most definitely uh i we both had to stop looking at the screen i was starting to get like a headache from the over editing of the effect that they were putting on the flashbacks before the character would would go into a flashback it would just violently strobe and we were both like verbally groaning (laughs) at the screen yeah, um, they they feel the need to do that too. Like, it, not only is it the droning, like, flashing lights, but there's also like this this really annoying uh, staccato of sound that just like keeps hitting your ear. And it happens all like it happens going into the flashback. It happens going out of the flashback, and it's a lot of flashbacks. You didn't finish this, right, Zero? I did not. Uh, I had to leave okay. early. Um, I will tell you how that 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 movie sure. wraps up. So. Sure. Um, so the reason why we, we cover this movie is because, uh, oh, what does it, who does it have? It has, uh, Masanori? I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah, uh, Mitsuki Koga's in it, uh, directed by Seiji Chiba. Mm-hmm. Same, same fight choreographer, uh, from his film. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, this is a shoo-in. Like, yeah. and then after watching the first couple, like the first two fights, I was like, oh, wow. There's a lot of choreography here. I think we could safely talk about this, right? Yeah. Right, right. Well, the movie stars Masanori Mimoto. Sorry, that's what I was spending my time trying to look up. Um, yes, I know. So here's him. Uh, it was featuring, also has uh, the blind swordsman from Bushido Man, Miki Kogo, like you mentioned before, and the misogynist from uh, Rogue Ninja. <laughs> Rogue Ninja. Um, so and there's a bunch of extras that play the ninjas that um, that the uh, uh, Masanori the defeats. So the gimmick is that the main character has amnesia. He doesn't know what's happening, and he is trying to replay the events of how he defeated all these ninjas. So you left after you watched the first fight, showing how he defeated all these ninjas. Then I realized the movie has a gimmick. The gimmick being. That because he has amnesia, he doesn't actually know how the fight went down. But what actually happened was that uh, he fought the ninjas. But every time he has a flashback about the fight, he has a different demeanor. Uh, like in one flashback, in in one version of the flashback, it'll be like, oh, he's actually a traitor. And another flashback, he's like, no, he's actually confused. He's not actually a traitor. And in another flashback, is like, no, it's actually him. There was another girl in the room, and he was trying to defend her. But the gimmick being that it's the same fight repeated three times. Oh. It's the same exact fight, the same choreography, almost the mm-hmm. same camera angles, just everything. You, the, the, I think the idea was how can we how can we film a martial arts movie 
with the least amount of effort, with the smallest amount of budget and the least memorization of new choreography. So I was going to say, that's still a lot of work though, because it's one fight scene in three different styles. No, no, same style. If, if you same like style. That. Same ex Oh, it's same a, style. No, it's the same choreography. The only difference is his face. Like in one, he'll yeah, be like smiling, like, the other one, like smiling maniacally. And then another fight, he'll be like, he'll be like, oh, I'm so scared. And then another one, he'll, he'll be fighting determined. Yeah, but so that's still, I mean, that's still work on your performer who has to be a different quote unquote character mm -hmm. in three different fights, right? So they filmed it three different right. times. I feel like that kind of goes against being easy yeah. because... You, you know, you're still doing multiple that, fights. Yeah, you have a point there. I will say cinematically, it is very uninteresting because you're, you're like, did I see this already? And then right, you realize right. you did. <laughs> so when you explain that to me, I was thinking of Rashomon. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I don't know if you've seen no, Rashomon, but um, the idea is that it's the same story told from the perspective of different characters. So when you hear the story again, you realize like, oh, something brand new was introduced, or, oh, actually, that's not how it went down. This is actually how uh, it went right, down. Right. And in Rashomon, they, uh, you get a fight scene from two different perspectives. Uh, one of the fights is like, oh, these two samurai are fighting, and it's so elegant, yep. and they're so honorable uh, in, in how they're dueling. But then someone else tells a story, and it turns into these, these, these two samurai become, are actually really cowardly, like, they're actually afraid uh, of fighting because they don't want to die. So the fight is super messy and really sloppy <laughs> and they're like rolling on the ground. I thought that's what you nope. were describing to me. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's the same exact thing. I mean, it'd be, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Like it's definitely not Rashomon quality. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you really think about it, there's only two fights in the movie. There's the, there's one fight in the end and then littered throughout the whole movie is the same fight repeated several times. And in order to segue into that, the different ways of interpreting that fight are these fucking annoying seizure inducing uh, lights that keep on like bombarding your, your eyes. Um, man, that, that movie is really hard to recommend. Um, I do not recommend that at all. Um, <laughs> okay, so we won't watch yeah. it. Or I won't watch. I won't right. finish it. Seiji Chiba yeah. did. A, I mean, he he, you know, like he he's hit or miss. You know, he's as close as we can get. I know you cover or you watched Kunoichi, and you we went. We spent a lot of time trying to look for that movie, and that's also a really short film, right? Yeah, that's another short one. So, uh, Rina Takeda, um, pretty pretty. I mean, if you if you follow martial arts, I think everybody knows her for High Kick mm -hmm. Girl. And so I was like, okay, let me look at her filmography. And I saw the Kunoichi, and I was like, oh, great. You know, uh, she's she teamed up with uh, Seiji Chiba. Um, Mitsuki Koga's in it. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I like both of them. And there's, like, only two fights <laughs> in it. And it's, uh, it's oh, man, it, it is bad. And uh, Reina Takata and... Uh, Mitsuki Koga fight in the cave. There's another freaking cave fight, and it's just it's not good. I was I was pretty disappointed by that. Yeah, uh, well I didn't I didn't watch it, but yeah I'll take your word for it. And I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, we we obviously covered Rina Takeda in High Kick Girl. Uh, a couple movies we actually watched that have uh, Rina Takeda. Um, so we, I watched, uh, well, we both watched, uh, Karate Girl. I watched Danger Dolls, 
And um, yeah, just not good candidates. Danger Dolls is like borderlines on like the supernatural slash science fiction elements. And like that actually kind of takes a, like the action kind of takes a backseat because a lot of the science fiction comes into play. So I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really appreciate that. Karate Girl was okay. Although I, I th- Karate Girl was probably one of our closest candidates to getting an episode. It's just like ah, that movie is just ugh. so incredibly boring. Like I, I, so yeah. I was sitting through it. I was, you know, before I started, I was like, oh, you know, I didn't like High Kick Girl from you know plug in. I can plug in our episode for, for that movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I don't really remember why, and I, as I was sitting through this, I'm like, oh, this is why. Like this is the same. It's the same exact problem. It's so slow and boring, and that's it. You know, like I'm like I can't, I don't know if I can sit through that and, and do a whole episode on it because I'd just be complaining. You know, like it's just boring. And right. yeah, I mean there there are decent. There are a few fights in there that I thought were pretty good. Um, it was interesting because uh, Karate Girl seems to be highlighting an even younger uh, martial mm-hmm. arts actress, and. She's got some moves, but it's it's one of those things where it's hard to believe that she is able to yep. fight adult men because she's literally a child. Like I believe she was like in her early teens. She looked extremely mm-hmm. young. So when you have her and Reina Takeda teaming up to fight like the this fucking white giant <laughs> in the end, it's like I don't know if you guys could really take them on. Uh, like maybe Reina Takeda can, but like. I don't know if this little girl can. It's, it's you know, you have to suspend right. your discipline. She's no Mika Hiji. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Just, I was like, I found myself kind of nodding off. Uh, I feel like that's a recurring theme with some of these movies, like Princess Blade <laughs> and uh, uh, Karate Girl. Uh, so, we're, yeah. So, I didn't like this. I didn't obviously like the original High Kick Girl. So, I I didn't know what I expected when I was watching High Kick Angels. I don't think it has any correlation with High Kick Girl. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna ask, if he, it, was it just aping on the title of High no Kick Girl? I have no clue. Uh, Rina Takeda is not in this one. Uh, at least mm-hmm. I don't think. Oh, God, like she she actually changed her look uh, when she got a. I don't know. Like I actually don't I think I, I don't think I recognized her in this movie. No, she was not in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one girl in this movie that's actually really good. She's the tall one, and she has some really good poses when she's doing her kicks. Um, everyone else sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Else, <laughs> I can't. I can't sugarcoat it. Everyone else sucks in that movie. It's like, and they they don't spend enough time with the t- the tall girl. So I couldn't recommend that in good conscience. Yeah. So that's it. That's just High Kick Angels. It, it's uh, it's it's actually really cheesy. The characters are annoying um and yeah they need more of that tall girl okay well uh i think we can end it on a a highly recommend even though it doesn't really fit our format uh man like i loved dead sushi <laughs> it is uh, is your typical like kind of slasher silly movie like you know very stupid concept where apparently uh like the sushi uh can bite you and kind of turn you into zombies and and also make you they can also fly around and bite you and attack you it's so stupid uh i i was hoping that it would be a little more martial arts heavy because uh, rena takeda is in it she is a star and it does kind of revolve around her uh being uh like a you know up-and-coming sushi chef using her karate skills Mm, to kind of help her out um but it 
it ultimately uses martial arts as comedy. Uh, like there's three fight scenes, and they're just you know they're just kind of having fun with it. Okay, all right. Uh, but it it felt along the lines of uh, so bad it's good. So uh, I really really enjoyed it. So like I I would want to show that on like a bad movie. Okay, night. all right. Maybe maybe we'll open up a new podcast and talk about that. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. I'm glad uh I'm glad we can end on a good note. Uh, there's yeah. Well, we're getting uh in the like one forty. Uh, yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> we we, we yes. oh man, and I'm sure there's a lot of movies that we still have not. Like we completely glanced over, and there, we could easily talk about. I spent too much time talking about Zatuichi. <laughs> <laughs>